Hello and welcome to the Pete Barter Podcast, where you will join Pete in interviewing top-level thought leaders in education, music, and business, as well as a sneak peek into Pete's thoughts and challenges. This episode is all about... I sit down with Michael Davis, who is an amazing business accountant, and he helps me and everybody else that goes to him understand the benefits of running a successful music business, whether it's music education, whether it's performance. He's the go-to guy that helps you understand the benefits of running a business that's based on music. Whatever you are doing right now, keep on doing it and enjoy this episode of the Pete Barter Podcast. About the bookkeeping side of things, so how do we how do we keep everything in check so our accountant or our bookkeeper can lodge the stuff with the ATO, so then they can give us or take from us money. Uh, one of, one of the, the hardest thing I guess for clients is uh, the record keeping part of the, the deal. Musicians aren't very good with paperwork, and you probably know that. Um, I can't vouch for that. Um, <laughs> But um, typically, a lot of small business owners have a lot of trouble in understanding how to add up their numbers and what their numbers even mean and categorizing expenses and things like that. And I guess uh, come the end of the year, the, the receipt in the shoebox uh, scenario or a big box and lots of receipts and folders uh, and those sorts of things is quite typical of uh, a client that, that's starting off new in business and getting to understand what they need to do. Um, in the first probably uh, couple of sessions sitting down with a client that's new to business, yeah. explaining to them around what they need to do to be able to look after their information and, and record keeping is really important. Um, whether or not they use a, a piece of software mm-hmm. that helps them uh, keep keep account, things like uh, Myog and Zero and QuickBooks are the typical packages that a lot of people have heard of. And for, for some small businesses, even something like Excel can be something simple enough just so that they can track their income and their expenses for a time period. And if they're doing those sorts of things, it's going to help them a great deal. Okay. Um, having a bookkeeper come in mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, could be a pricely expense. Could be, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Relative to how much you're making. If you're a musician turning over sixty to $80,000 a year, then you could probably afford a few hours a week of a, a bookkeeper. Absolutely, absolutely. It all comes down to uh, to how much processing you're actually having to do. If you've got a lot of receipts and a lot of invoices going out, it could actually cost you time to be involved in those things, doing the administration in your own business. So it's really important to be able to understand how much administration you should be doing as a business owner and working in your business as opposed to getting somebody else in to, to do those. Yeah. So one of the things I know that um, we haven't seen bits and pieces of the access business model but part of the overall final product that that either depends it may be out right now as you're watching this but it wasn't out when we filmed it but when we when we're up and running fully fledged with the big the big platform that's going to take care of your invoicing so that's one less thing that you need to be involved in because it's a, an automated thing based on the lessons that are happening so that's something that that we're, we're kind of merging something like zero into our software so that takes care of itself I, I, I see so many teachers that, that teach maybe 30 lessons a week so that's 15 hours worth of work that spend 20 hours worth of admin time like make money from doing admin yeah. you know so the whole idea behind this 
ETI Access platform is to help you just teach. It's about the education, not the administration. Like that? That sounds pretty good. I might make that a slogan. So watch this space. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a there'll be something that's really important that you need to to uh, learn about. And I think bookkeeping for me has been what separated me from the the headaches and the the the, the at, horrible part of running the business. At the, at the end of the day, most people didn't get into business to to fill out paperwork. No, no. you know, and, and that's if where you don't like making if you don't make, if you like making cakes, don't open a cake business. <laughs> is the thing you know the reason that people don't open cake business uh, don't the reason that cake people shouldn't open a cake business because they're really good at making cakes they're not very good at the paperwork stuff and it can be overbearing and it can Absolutely. be a pain in the butt so having having a good system to start with and not waiting helps mm. you grow with the system instead of having everything piled on you you just it just takes forever to catch up absolutely absolutely it's, it's much better to grow into the system yep. and to have uh, what it is serving you mm. beyond what your actual needs are immediately mm. rather than outgrow what it is that you and then have to change and then have to change because yeah. migrating and, and moving systems is quite a quite a difficult time yeah well we've done that we've, we've moved from um, i'm not getting paid to mention any of these names but we've moved from myop to zero uh, my was great for the time being, but Zero has far bigger features. And once again, I'm not getting paid. It costs, uh, I think it's $90 a month to have that platform. Uh, if you're not making great deals of money, then $90 a month might seem excessive. But if you're at the higher end, like if you're teaching 30 hours a week, 60 students a week, $90 a week is absolutely worth it. Uh, it's, it's relevant to what you're making. There are other programs um, that I've recommended other students or other educators use for their students invoicing and that's um, invoice to go invoice to go yeah and you've you've seen it you've yeah. got your head around it a great little system for for just being able to send out your invoices and, and small tracking of expenses so yeah. it, it and that's does, 90 dollars a year yeah yeah so a big difference in there's also free systems out there as well yeah. the thing to be mindful of with any of these system is what is its limitations and realistically what would you like to be able to do with it so if you want to be able to receive payment straight through the system um, online from somebody clicking a button and then being able to pay with a credit card, yep. or if you want somebody to physically hand you cash, being able to manage all these components, it's really important that you pick a system that's going to support you through that process. Okay, so now we've learned a little bit about keeping track of our, our documents. We've got a vital step though. If you, how, how do you go about getting an ABN? Because some of our viewers sure. may not even have. You know. Sure. So to break down the acronym, it's an Australian business number, so ABN. This is only relevant for Australian viewers, and uh, there may be a clip somewhere that talks about, is it an American business number? I'm just feeling ABN. Not sure. <laughs> so it's uh, pretty yeah, sure. Because obviously this is a global platform, but there will be other videos that, that can help Absolutely. Uh, out, of a, out of Australia, friends. But right now, this is just Australia-based, and I'm sure it's not too different. So, so the content you're getting right now, sorry to butt in again, the content you're getting right now is all based on Australian legislation. So yeah, if you're from sure. Bangladesh or America or UK, it's probably not relevant for you, but I'm sure there's some things you can pick up in this. Absolutely. Now you can talk. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the ABN's all about being able to identify your business in amongst all the other businesses. And it's a bit like a, a registration at the end of the day. So when you transact with other people, the number that they give you for your ABN will show up on your invoices. So instead of putting your tax file number on there, mm -hmm. which is a, a, relative, is a way that the government uses to identify you as an individual, mm -hmm. 
Um, it's something that we want to keep relatively private. Right. We don't want to share that with a great number of people. We do use it when we're in a salary and wage scenario, okay. but we don't give out our TFN to, to everyone. It's right. something that we keep relatively private because it's something that's used at banks to identify us yeah. and things like that. So it's, 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 a, your, it's your ID, it's your PIN number as a human. Yes, it, it identifies who you are on, yep. in the Australian uh, ecosystem, whereas the ABN uh, is something that we publicise. It's a bit like um, you know, publicising your phone number if you want to get a lot of phone calls. Uh, the ABN identifies your business, but it, it's also um, distinguishing you from the other businesses that are out there. So it's your ID for your business. So the ABN, uh, if you're approved to get one, you do have to go through an application process to get one. And what things might hold you back from getting one? Um, if you're not really in business is one of the biggest things. So if you're doing uh, something and it's more of a hobby than a business, so... That's a very good one because a lot of musicians are going, on with just a hobbyist. That's right, that's right. So unless they're actually looking to make money out of the scenario, maybe the income that they're making from the, the venture or you know, what we might think is a business isn't actually a business at all. It might just be a hobby where their, their income and their expenses, they pretty much tie each other off. So just to clarify that a little bit, as a, a musician, as a performing musician, if you're playing a few gigs around town, you might not get a great deal of money. Unfortunately, the music industry doesn't pay a great deal for its musicians to entertain hundreds of thousands of people every year or every day in pubs and clubs. It's a sad fact, but that's just how it is. Unless you're at a big top level, you can get some money. But if you're doing two shows a week, you might get 200 or $500 as a performing musician, a drummer in a band. So 500 bucks a week, is that a hobbyist income or is that a... Well, it's all relative in relation to the expenses as well. Okay. So it might cost $500 just to do that show. Okay, but because not, not including lesson time up to that point, not including the equipment that you purchase to do it, because you sure. can play a $500 show on a $12,000 drum kit. Sure. So Or, or one that you got off Gumtree for a bit cheaper. Yeah, right? okay. Um, sure. So um, and when we're talking about a hobby versus a business, it's all about your intention behind what you're doing. Okay. So when you go to that gig, are you intending to make a profit mm-hmm. or are you just looking to to make enough money to cover what it's cost you to get there in the first place. Okay. So are you doing it for fun or are you doing it for money? Okay. So the thing is, as a musician, a a balance, yeah. that's your musician as a performer, but the ABN covers your performing, performing life as well as your education, as your teaching life. Absolutely. So, so and uh, I can tell you it's a lot easier to make a good income out of teaching than it is to perform. And teaching is a, a very... But don't just think you can just start teaching and think you're a great teacher. It's not just what you teach, it's how you teach it. And some of these other videos talk to you about that. Just by having an AVN doesn't make you a good teacher. Just by having your clearances doesn't make you a good teacher. There's a whole separate level to that. But to be a good teacher needs to... to when you are a teacher, you are making a quite considerable amount more of, of the, that dollar than as a performer. But your AVM covers both, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that's important. It can cover both activities. So the same ABN will cover both of the activities. Yeah. So when you say to the ATOE, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a couple of nights a week, I'm making $300 uh, just from playing, you might have another job. Sure. You might get rid of your other job and go, I just want to start teaching. I need to replace my $500 a week part-time job as a storeman or a shopping trolley collector or whatever that you do. 
not disregarding the shopping trolley click just because they're important. Well, if you've got a car and there's a shopping trolley in the way, so you see how important these things are. And if you're a teacher, you need to, yeah, it's, I think it's really important to know that making money from teaching is definitely a viable option, but doing it right from the first place and having your bookkeeping um, up to scratch is what this little segment was about. We always digress, and I help with the digression all the time. It is really important to, to keep your records. And one of the biggest tips that I can uh, share with you guys is keep everything. Even if you think that it uh, may not be able to be included, uh, keep a, a copy. If you can keep them digitally, it's going to save you a lot of space. It's going to mean that it's easier to get your information to whoever it is that uh, needs to help you. And don't have to like keep it. the physical copy in a box don't, anymore? Don't have to keep the physical copy. Digital copies are fine by the ACO. The ACO is very happy with digital copies. So as long as you've got a copy and it's legible and it can be read and all the identifiable uh, information is on it, okay. then the ACO is happy. So making sure that the ABN's on it, who it was sold to, what items are included on the invoice, all yeah. the, the receipt yeah. and the amounts, of course, okay. are, are really important. But keep the records and if you're not sure about something, you ask. So you ask the person that's helping you whether or not this is something that you can utilise uh, in relation to your, to your affairs. So you can ask someone like accounting buddy. Absolutely. So that's uh, so when when this man came over to my house for the very first time and we just had a bit of a meeting, you know, I'm not, no, I need some help with my paperwork, Michael. Can you come over and help? Yeah, no worries. So he came over and uh, so he asked me about these trays. What's this tray for? So that's Pete, Pete was teaching. It was uh, informing me as to his process. My process. So yeah, exactly. So here, well, here is my tray. This tray has paperwork in it, and the paperwork comes to me either by email because people email you invoices these days, as you're probably well aware, and they send you them in the post. So Telstra bills and things like that. So if it was emailed, it will be printed and put in the tray. If it was um, sent, it would be opened out of the envelope, put in the tray. And when there was money in the account. I would go through the hundreds of papers in the tray and I'd go through the ones that I was able to afford to, to pay off at the time. And, and I'd usually go for the most expensive one first, get rid of the big ones and then the small ones kind of work. Once that was paid, I would stamp it paid and it would go in another tray. And I would do that, had different trays. So that one would have gone in the Telstra tray or the telecommunications tray. You're also missing the fact that these are around the room. They're in different spots. So I've got one here, I've got one over there and I'm in a room like the size of a, uh, you know, a master bedroom kind of size office. And you know, I did a lot of walking just to put these bits of paper in the, in the trays. And so Michael slapped me around and, and said, let's, let's not do that. They've come in digitally. Let's keep them there, put them straight in a folder. There's, um, we talk a bit about automating your system. So Dropbox is something that you can use. Uh, you, you put it into the years and the months and everything just goes in there. And you can rename the titles and there's a whole, heap of, there's a whole video section coming up on just that alone. And the ones that come in uh, in paper form were scanned in and they then went in and the paper form was thrown in the bin. So I went from having 17 million trays in my office to none. And it just cleared my mind so much not to have to sit there and operate on my computer and see this pile of paperwork getting bigger and seeing all these trays over here, which uh, then once they're in the trays, they've got to go to a guy, an accountant, that, that gives it back to me in a box and the box needs to be stored somewhere. So that was one, that was the very first time I met this guy and it's been so much since then. I've learned so much and, and like I said at the start of the video series, if, if, if it was me explaining this stuff, we'd still be talking in circles. So that's why Michael's here. 
to explain those things. But I can tell you first and foremost, this guy and the methods from Accounting Buddy and, and Michael's organisation has just made me think a little bit clever. And that's what we're trying to get you to do with ETI Access is just to think clever and make your business as streamlined and systematic as it can possibly be because it's about the education, not the administration. Well, the biggest thing that the, the, the processes create is simplifying what it is you do, mm. making it an easy process to go through yep. and making it easy for others to help you. And when it's easy for everybody to get involved and to be a part of the, the solution, mm -hmm. then you can focus on what you need to do. That's right. Um, there's nothing worse than not taking a phone call from a customer if you're right in the middle of sorting out your receipts. Absolutely. You've lost a, you've lost a sale. Yeah. Without the customers, you might as well not have a business. That's right. That's right. So giving you the opportunity to focus on what it is that you really are there for. Mm. Which is education. We hope you enjoyed Pete's podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share with anyone you think will get value. And if you haven't already, head to PeteBarter.com for more Pete Barter content. And remember, do something good for yourself and someone else today. Thanks for listening.